You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 256, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. My name's Anne-Marie Cross, the Podcasting Queen. Joining me on today's show is Robert Potkin. Robert is the founder of Technology for Mindfulness, a leading blog and top 40 iTunes podcast on science, technology, and mindfulness. In his Tap Into Mindfulness program, he teaches people on how to be less distracted by their smartphones, how to take control or retake control over their time to be more focused, productive and creative. I think so many ambitious entrepreneurs are looking for the answers to this, Robert. Now, his unique approach to technology and mindfulness stems from his combination of expertise in technology, decades of experience with Japanese martial arts and, of course, training in mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is MBSR. Now, specifically on this show, Robert is going to share that using mindfulness, we can be more focused and less distracted by technology. He's going to show us how. He's also going to talk about how technology can enhance and impede focus and creativity, adapting traditional mindfulness practices to today's problems, to today's problems, and applying mindfulness lessons from martial arts to smartphone addiction and so much more. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me. Mindfulness is something that thankfully many of us are starting to talk about because with the speed of change, the speed of new technologies and things going on, we can feel really rushed, rushed, rushed and we find that we just can never keep up. But it's important to slow down and uh, really reconnect. So I'm glad that you're on the show today. How did you come... How did you come to become so passionate about this? Was it something that you noticed uh, or, or learned or how did that sort of transition for you? Yeah, it really came from my own personal experience. I know this podcast is targeted at entrepreneurs. I myself am an entrepreneur. I run a small law firm. I was a solo practitioner for about 15 years. And I work with many entrepreneurs mm. because I'm a patent lawyer focused on patenting computer technology. So yes. I work with individual inventors, startups, large established high-tech companies where people need to be really focused and where I found and my clients increasingly found starting in the 90s primarily and through the 2000s that technology was increasingly distracting us and, and working against us when we tried to be more focused. So you know, in my work, I need to be able to focus for hours at a time really deeply, writing, thinking, Uh, advising clients on strategy. And back in the 80s, when I started using computers, my background's in computer science. I studied computer science at MIT. I was a programmer. And I I originally, in that time, found I could sit down on a computer. And this may sound like a shock to many people today. A computer could help me be more focused. (laughs) You know, Uh, if I was writing, whether it was writing text or code, I could be focused for many hours at a time, even more so with a computer than when I was at without a computer. Wow. 
Why was that? I think it's because there was no internet. The computer could only do one thing at a time. There was nothing popping up on my screen. There was no distractions, multiple windows, emails, text messages popping up, advertisements. You know, many people may either not remember this or if they're young enough have never experienced this before. Mm -hmm. You know, but I personally went through the, uh, the painful experience really of gradually finding that computers were becoming more and more distracting. It really was impeding my professional work and I saw it happening to the professionals uh, mm -hmm. all around me. Yes. And that was really my big motivation was I, I knew from my previous experience with technology that technology could help us be more focused. Mm -hmm. It wasn't inevitable that it had to distract us, but that there was something about how the technology was changing. I don't want to say evolving or improving, because mm -hmm. <laughs> in many ways it was changing but getting worse. Yes. I knew it could be different. And so my passion has been to try to get the best of both worlds, actually regain some of those features that older technology had that could help us be more focused and combine it with all of the great new features of today's technology, namely high speed, always on mobile internet with access to an incredible amount of information, mm. ability to communicate with each other in real time like you and I are doing right now. Yes. Basically get the upside and without the downside. And that's what we try to do through technology for mindfulness. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna ask you to, to explain what your definition of mindfulness is so that we're all on the same page. But one of the things that I'm noticing, particularly with younger, the younger generation is very much been you know uh, brought up with technology is they might have multiple screens they've got their device music going but it's almost causing if there's a lot more anxiety going on as well they're on all the time and they're processing thinking 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 and it really is impacting negatively on, on their emotional state and do you see that there, this could be linked to that because they're always on there's multiple things happening in their minds all the time their attention yeah I mean, there, there are, have been studies recently linking uh, anxiety, depression among young people, particularly to technology, not solely to technology. No. It's not the only cause. It's certainly economic. It could and exacerbate it. You know, if there's right. things going on, it can exacerbate the whole, yeah. Exactly. I think uh, the studies have shown, and many young people themselves experience and express the isolation that can come along with using technology, even though it's often marketed as helping people to become more, quote, connected with each mm. other. Often that connection can be very superficial. Uh, you know, I've experienced being involved in a text message conversation where it's apparent people are, let's say, coming in and out of it. Mm. Uh, they're engaged in multiple conversations at the same time. As a result, people's engagement with each other can be very shallow. Uh, people can opt out of conversations whenever something difficult comes up, mm. a painful emotion or something that's awkward or uncomfortable to discuss. And those are exactly the kinds of things in a one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face conversation where we as people from family members or from friends could mm -hmm. get comfort and support if we are starting to be anxious or depressed or have some other difficult experience. And the online world, as it's been designed today, just makes it very easy for people to back away from and not engage with each other about anything that's mm -hmm. difficult or too deep. And when you experience that on the receiving end, I think, of people not engaging with you or only engaging on a superficial level, yes. so it certainly can, uh, can add to feelings of isolation or anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, uh, despite the fact that you might be 
quote, connected with people over a network, you're not necessarily connected with people Yeah, deeply. so great reminder to really plug into a community where you have that deeper engagement for sure and, and therefore not feeling so isolated. So how would you define mindfulness? What does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a very commonly used definition of mindfulness, which I'll give, uh, that is usually attributed to John Kabat-Zinn, and I may not get his wording exactly, but it's intentionally paying attention to your present experience uh, without judgment. And, you know, I can talk a little bit about it. I, d I don't like to focus too much on the definition because there are actually many uh, uh, benefits to mindfulness and aspects of the experience that I think don't necessarily flow from or obvious from the definition. Mm -hmm. But let's just talk a little bit about the, the few key elements of it. Paying attention, or sometimes people say directing your attention. Mm. Because, look, I may try to focus on something I'm reading, and it may not work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't necessarily control my attention, mm -hmm. but I can try to direct it in a yes. certain direction. Uh, let's just say, say with uh, my conversation with you now, mm -hmm. I am intentionally focusing on you, on what I'm saying to you, and what I'm hearing back from you. My attention may still wander, despite my best intention. Yes. So... I am directing my attention, but I may not have control. But, but just that setting an intention to do it is something that I think many of us find we are often not doing mm -hmm. throughout our day. We may find, you, you know, we often in mindfulness practice talk about the experience, which is, can be very frequent throughout the day of, quote, waking up. Yes. You know, finding that we were talking with someone, working on something for work, maybe cooking a meal, and then realizing, oh, wait, you know, the last five minutes I was on autopilot. Mm. I may have been doing something. People used to talk about automatic driving. You know, yeah. you, you realize, so I've been driving for the last 10 minutes. I've been doing it. I didn't crash, but I really wasn't fully aware of my experience while it was happening. Yes. And then you wake up and become present. That moment when you wake up and become aware mm -hmm. would be a moment of mindfulness. Mm. And in mindfulness practice, we intentionally practice paying attention with the intention that we can then make those moments of waking up occur more frequently. Uh, often talk about not being able to control that necessarily. It's not that I can make myself be mindful more frequently, but just like if you lift a dumbbell 10 times a day, mm -hmm. uh, you hope that your muscles respond and become stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing with mindfulness. And, you know, why, why pay attention? Uh, you know, many reasons, you know, many people do it just for its own sake, certainly. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we can all uh, resonate, resonate with the idea that being fully present and aware of what our experience is in the moment is mm -hmm. just can be inherently more satisfying and fulfilling than being in a state of automatic reaction mm. or mindlessness. And also, too, I think um, what we so often used to uh, look at as or label as a, a real strength is multitasking. And yeah. I know that when now studies have shown that multitasking actually is ineffective because you're stretched too thin, you're far less productive. And when you are mindful on a task, sometimes then the thoughts will flow. If I look at, say, writing, if you're stretched too thin and you're doing multiple things, it's very hard to write an article. But if you're focused, your, your intention is to complete that and 
your thoughts will flow. And I've mentioned on a number of uh, episodes around uh, multitasking, I deleted my entire website because I was multitasking and updating it. And there was a big red button that said, are you sure? And I pressed it as I was, you know, on the phone and doing some other things. <laughs> and as soon as I did it, I went, oh no, thankfully I've got a team that backs up and everything. But and that was the day I realized, you know what, no more because that would, could have been a, a, a terrible outcome. So really then, if we're looking at mindfulness to be more focused and less distracted by technology, what are some things that you notice or know to be true in yourself and what you're seeing with others? When they start implementing, they can be more focused and less distracted. What are some things we need to know? Yeah, one is uh, exactly what you just said, that multitasking in the vast majority of cases is much less efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, it can also be more stressful. Uh, there's many reasons not to multitask, but if all you were interested in was increasing efficiency, what people call single tasking or unitasking is generally much more efficient. Now, multitasking is very alluring mm -hmm. because it can feel as if it's more efficient. If I'm working on five things at a time, yeah. it can feel to me like I'm being five times more efficient or productive. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, we cite to studies on technology for mindfulness, there's many out there for many years now that show two surprising things. In fact, uh, people generally are more efficient doing one thing at a time. One basic, easy to understand reason for that is that you don't have what are called the switching costs. When, mm -hmm. Whenever you're multitasking, you're really doing what's called sequential single tasking. You're doing one task, then you're switching to another, then you're switching back to another. You're not doing multiple things at the same time. And every time you switch, you have to get your brain into the context of the other task you're doing. Yes. If it's, let's say, even engaging in two text conversations, mm -hmm. you're engaged in one, you go to the other, you have to remember, what was the last thing that was said? What am I responding to here? Yeah. That takes some time. It also takes mental energy that can drain you much less efficient and effective than engaging in one at a time. Mm -hmm. The other, the thing that I think is more surprising is that uh, for those people out there who are saying to themselves right now, I'm the exception to the rule. I actually am more efficient when I'm multitasking. Uh, the people who have studied this have shown, I'm sorry to say this to all of you, the people who, who claim that they are more efficient at multitasking tend to actually be less efficient. Mm -hmm. and multitasking than the people who already believe that they're not so efficient at multi. People self-report incorrectly about how efficient they are at multitasking. Yes. So, so one way in which you can bring mindfulness to this is to, let's say you're engaged in one task. I'm writing an email and mm -hmm. I feel that pull to go look at a website mm -hmm. or the computer tries to pull me, it pops up a notification. That's a moment when I can pause and ask myself, what, what's my intention right now? Really, what's the most important thing for mm -hmm. me to be doing? That pause and self-reflection and, and bringing my atten attention, attention back to my intention mm -hmm. is a kind of mindfulness practice in the moment that can help me resist the urge to switch to yeah. multitask. Whereas it, it, if you're in that automatic reflex or reaction mode, mm -hmm. uh, you'll be more likely, and if you're not practiced at pausing, when something else pulls you, whether it's internal or external, you'll be more, li more likely to just react to that pull, go on to the next task, which is more likely to be less efficient and, and as you said, create errors, be more stressful, have mm. all kinds of negative consequences.
Yes, yes. I, I think I can understand uh, or resonate with what you said or reflected on earlier about people liking to multitask because I like to have multiple things going on as well. It, it, it's motivating. However, I do know that um, maybe then set different functions through the day to give yourself different, um, so you might batch. That's what's helpful for me. I batch tasks, so I know that I'm going to completely switch over and do something differently, but for now, this is what I'm focused on. Because when you batch, you use similar skills, similar strengths, similar probably parts of the brain to do certain tasks, get them complete, then shift and move on, rather than completely shifting to different tasks. Because it, what I find is that it drains my energy far quicker. Um, and when you can be mindful of, of your energy, then, um, then you're able to, to obviously recoup, recoup it or create situations where you're not getting drained. So let's talk about using or how technology can enhance uh, focus and creativity. Let's look at that way at first and then how it can impede so we can be mindful of the things that help and obviously the things that can perhaps impede. Sure. Well, just using your example of batching tasks together, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that can be a real boost to productivity, efficiency, reduce stress. And of course, each of us has to experiment and find for our own, for ourselves, what's most efficient to batch together? What amount of time is best? Is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? Does it depend on the task? Mm. You know, th there's a lot of variation in what's going to work for individual people. Uh, but there's a lot of ways you can use technology to do that, uh, from something as simple as using any of the variety of task managers that are out there to record your tasks, schedule them. I'm a big believer in scheduling tasks on the calendar, mm -hmm. uh, putting a specific time for them. Uh, for, me for many reasons I've spoken about before, one of them is that by choosing in advance when to do tasks, you don't you you relieve yourself of the cognitive burden of having to decide that later. Yeah. Uh, you can also really spend some focused time thinking about what's the best time to do certain tasks. You know, mm -hmm. I often use a very simple-minded example. If I want to make phone calls to people, you know, and uh, you're in a different time zone, right? Yes. Uh, I want to schedule that for the time when you're going to be available. It sounds simple, but if all you have is a big long to-do list. Even if it's broken down by, let's say, something like category, mm. you might end up pulling up the next thing on your list automatically at a time when it's not best to do it mm. uh, or in a place when it's not best to do it. Uh, so I think scheduling tasks is a really good idea. And there's lots of tools uh, that, that make it easy to schedule mm -hmm. when you do things. I like, you know, just this, even your, any basic calendar yes. program, it doesn't have to be very high tech. I'm a very visual thinker. I love being able to move appointments around visually on mm -hmm. the calendar. Mm -hmm. I do it at the beginning of the week. Uh, I do it at the end of each day. Uh, know it, so I do it at the beginning of the week, knowing that at the end of the first day, mm -hmm. a lot of what I did in the, on Sunday night is probably going to need to be rearranged. Yeah. But it's still better for me to do it anyway. Yes. Uh, sometimes I might do it midday, depending on how much my day has gotten out of order. Mm -hmm. But being able to see everything in one place and visually drag things around, move them around, I find really helpful and much easier than on an old-fashioned paper calendar. And yet it's very simple. Mm. There are more sophisticated task management software programs out there that, that some people like to use. And you know, I'd say go ahead and do them. But that's a very 
simple example of how to batch and schedule tasks for efficiency and to be more mindful. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I found, um, I've been to a number over the years, you know, productivity courses and how to use planners and things like that. But for me, so you'd, I'd go and get the planner. For me, it was a whole task in itself just to organize my planner. And sometimes those, you, as you said, you need to find what fits for you. And if that whatever task that you're trying to get more productive, in my case, use a planner, uh, go online. I, I am the same as you. I like to have my electronic calendar. I can see it. I've got my Calendly, um, which you know a lot of my guests use, and that just flow, allows me to flow far better in, in the way that I like to, to be able to do that. So that's really good as well. So what's, what's one of the major things that you see when you're looking at technology that can impede focus and creativity? Yeah, I think my, my biggest pet peeve is notifications. Uh, anything that pops up visually, a sound when you receive a text message, an email, a calendar appointment's about to arise. Notifications, I think, have gotten really out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they are usually set to go on by default anytime you install a new app on your phone. And so I find that uh, if I don't actively manage notifications, yes. meaning go into my phone, turn them off, uh, set the configurations for when they're going to uh, arise. They can uh, be totally overwhelming, distracting, mm -hmm. anxiety producing, and unnecessary. Uh, sometimes I have to laugh. You know, at my desk, I might have two or three devices on at the same time. And if I'm not careful, you know, Every, I think many people experience this. I have one appointment coming up and, and I hear and, a beat from three yeah, devices. Yeah, that's right. Ring. <laughs> that's right. Everything goes off. Computers, everything. <laughs> you know, before I, before I engage in a podcast like this, I, I have two devices on now and I go and turn on Do Not Disturb on yes. both of them, uh, at w which I, I'm, I'm always amazed. I think a lot of people still don't know about Do Not Disturb. It's called different things on different operating yeah. systems. Uh, where you can essentially silence all of your notifications mm -hmm. with one switch. It's still not foolproof. You know, I have my, quote, VIPs uh, uh, who can still get through to me. And if we hear a beep in this call, it's because <laughs> one of them is you know, calling me. Uh, but, but so notifications are one thing. And the two basic pieces of advice I give people to get the most bang for their buck mm -hmm. is to learn to use do not disturb. You know, on an iPhone, you can swipe up from the bottom of the screen. You see a, an icon that looks like a crescent moon. Mm -hmm. You tap that. That turns on do not disturb. And it means all your notifications, except things from people who are on your favorites or VIP list, will be silenced mm -hmm. until you turn do not disturb off. And you can also schedule it to turn on and off automatically. I have it scheduled to turn on an hour before bed and wake up mm -hmm. and turn off again an hour after I wake up. Yeah, great. Uh, that, that, that's, I say most bang for the buck. It's the simplest thing you can do that can have the biggest impact on decreasing notifications. Yeah. The second thing I tell people is a little bit more effort, which is to go into your settings, notifications on your phone and other devices, go through all the apps, and then turn off notification. There's a good mindfulness exercise, actually. Look at each app and pause and ask yourself, do I really need to get notifications from this app? And if you, if you don't pause, it's easy to quickly conclude, I do need notifications from that, what, game or thing that's going to tell me about movies coming up or something else, which 
if you pause for five seconds, you might come to a conclusion that's more in line with your true intentions. Yes. And I suggest you, by default, turn them all off and really only have them turned on at all for, for apps that you really need. I did it again recently and you know, kept them on for, uh, I, I turned off sounds basically for almost everything. Mm -hmm. Kept visual ones on for email, calendar appointments, and for kind of dangerous weather, you know, tornado warnings, <laughs> and that's about it. And I have pretty much everything else, everything else turned off. So and you have to be yeah. careful. Every time you install a new app, I suggest make it a habit yep. to go in and, ch and change the notification settings for that new app. Otherwise, you're going to find you're getting notified by that thing all the time. Mm, love that advice. And that's one of the things that I do. And I accidentally put my phone on uh, on. Uh, do not disturb and had all these messages and I'm thinking I must be going deaf because I know that I had the volume on uh, but what I tend to do is I also put my phone upside down so that I can't yes. see the screen because anytime yes. any light flashes uh, it's a distraction and, and I know and I think we need to be intentional in putting those boundaries uh, around us and my husband will often say well you're you know what do you carry that phone around with you for and it's I was writing an article or I was on on a podcast and you know unless the the sky falls down I probably wouldn't know because I've turned off all my devices and here I'll be <laughs> sitting doing a podcast interview while everything's happening anyway it's all good so I think you said taking a pause that's so important for any situation before we react before we say something but when we're thinking about today's problem, some of the challenges that may happen and occur just as being part of, um, you know, a business owner, what would you say are some traditional mindful mindfulness practices that when we apply can really help us look at some of these issues and problems as a way to really um, advance or expand our understanding and maybe even come up with some great ideas where we may not have seen had we not used some of these mindfulness practices? Sure, I'll talk about some traditional mindfulness practices. And then also, uh, there's a course I've developed, we'll be launching soon, which takes a little bit more of a modern twist on, mm -hmm. on traditional mindfulness practices and applies them specifically to smartphones and other technology. You know, I think uh, if you do any kind of traditional meditation, uh, and there's many sources now. One thing that's great about technology is there are apps out there like Insight Timer and Buddhify, uh, that where you can get guided meditation. Headspace is a very popular mm -hmm. one, where you can get some really high quality online training on how mm -hmm. to meditate, including recorded guided meditations with feedback and communities. You know, so for people who are wondering how would they even get into meditating, uh, there's there's just no lack of of great resources now mm -hmm. uh, to to learn how to do it. You know, and at its most basic, as I said earlier, uh, mindfulness involves paying attention to your current experience. It can be as simple, if you're talking about in the business world, pausing periodically throughout the day. You might do it, let's say, at the beginning of the day and draw your attention to, let's say, what your intention is for the day. Mm. Uh, I think many of us find, I often find this, you know, you, maybe you do that you can find you've been very productive throughout the day in the sense of getting things done, mm -hmm. crossing things off your to-do list. But then you look back and you say, you know, I had a goal for the day, something that was really important, and somehow I never touched on it yes. throughout the day. 
So I was productive in a, in a, in a simple sense of getting things done, but they weren't the things I wanted to do. Yes. So by, by pausing, uh, let's say at the beginning of the day, maybe middle of the day and the end of the day, and asking yourself, what's my intention? You can think of it as goal. I use the word intention. Mm. What's really important for me to focus on? And pause on that, reflect on it, let it sink in with you. You may want to close your eyes. You may want to breathe mm. deeply to help your body settle in. This setting of an intention can be very powerful because it can be something you return to throughout the day. Here's an example of how it ties into productivity. Let's say you're an hour into the day. You've just finished a task, and now you're going to decide what task to do next. Mm -hmm. One way you can help yourself decide what to do next when you're looking at that list is to say, well, what, wait, what was my intention for the day? Yeah. Maybe there was a particular project I wanted to advance. And now when you're looking at your list, you can look through and say, well, which of these tasks will be best at helping me to advance that project? Instead of what do we often do? What's the most interesting to do yes. next? What's the most exciting? What's the simplest? What might I actually achieve successfully in the mm -hmm. next five minutes that I have? And those aren't necessarily bad reasons for picking a task, but they may not leave you the most satisfied. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you reach the end of the day and feel, you know, that, that important uh, project didn't get advanced at all, that's likely to make you more stressed out. Yes. Uh, right? You know, worried about how you're, maybe feel like you fell behind. Mm -hmm. So there is an intersection between that mindful pausing, reflecting on what your intention was, mm -hmm. and picking something else. Whereas if you don't pause, what are you likely to do? Pick something automatically out of whatever your habit happens to be, which may not be to pick something in line with what your intention is. Yes, I love that. Something as you're sharing uh, that that comes to mind is that often some of the most important tasks that we need to do as ambitious entrepreneurs may not feel the, the most comfortable to us, like following up having conversations with client, you know, prospective clients because that may not be, you know, our ideal client. And this is some feedback that I'm getting from many people um, might struggle with that word sales, which is a whole other topic. So what we do is we end up getting busy, don't we? And we are doing great things off our to-do list, but really those follow-up calls, conversations and so forth was just so much more important. And when we can be mindful about that, we can then go, okay, I need to do this. Let's batch them. Let's have these conversations um, one after the other. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll get you to share with people uh, before we close how they can um, get on your list or so that they can get access yes. first off when this new course that you're putting together will launch. But I'm dying to know what is this mindfulness lesson or what's the, the top lesson from martial arts that we can apply to smartphone addiction? I'm sure many yes. people are thinking, all right, what, what do I need to do? What are well, some of the things that I need to do? Well, I'll tie this into the course, which yeah. is called Tap Into Mindfulness. Mm -hmm. If you want to sign up to find out about the course and when it gets released, you can. we've got a short link, which is bit.ly slash TFM meditation, all one word, like technology for mindfulness, TFM meditation. And you'll sign up, you'll get a free five-minute sample meditation from this course, which is a, a series of guided meditations you do with your smartphone in your hand. And the way that this was motivated by my combination of background in traditional martial arts and mindfulness meditation is I found when I was using my smartphone, it often felt to me like it was attacking me. 
you know? It, the, the, those notifications would feel like a punch mm -hmm. coming at me. It reminded me of experience I had from martial arts training. And what I found was some of the internal exercises and practices that I learned in martial arts training for responding to a punch, I could use in uh, responding to that uh, cell phone beeping at me, notify me, trying to, quote, pull me in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, people who haven't studied martial arts or studied them for a long time may be more familiar with the external. Someone punches you, you learn to block, you move your arm. And that's, of course, very important. But there's also internal training, learning yeah. how to be present. Mm -hmm. You know, stay focused on the punch while it's coming at you, while being relaxed, uh, mm -hmm. not uh, flinch mm -hmm. internally or externally. Be able to really see it, take it in, and then make a decision about what to do. Now, it may seem strange if you haven't studied martial arts, but we do learn to be able to, to slow down internally mm -hmm. so that we can make a choice. Am I going to block? Am I going to move out of the way? Am I going to step back? Will I move in towards it? Mm -hmm. uh, there may even be times when they choose to be hit for, for various reasons, but the point is that you develop this internal capacity to pause and have a choice rather than do what, what you would do if you haven't been trained, which mm -hmm. is whatever your instinct is, yes. right? It may be fight, flight, flee, faint, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be uh, throwing your phone across the floor because you're that's going right. to yeah and and some right. people that so get to a stage oh yeah yeah so i think we often are, are reacting in whatever mm. our instinctual way is to our phone so you know here's one simple exercise that's part of the uh tap into mindfulness course which is if you were to pick up your phone mm -hmm. wake it up and anyone listening you know you can do this along with me wake it up Find an icon for the app that you find pulls you in the most. You know, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's email or Instagram or Netflix or something. Uh, if you've already tapped on that icon, you've gone too far. Okay? I say find the icon, move your finger towards it, but stop before you tap it. And mm -hmm. now pause. Okay, And now in the course, I guide you through... Uh, what's, a uh, what's essentially a guided meditation mm -hmm. for how to pay attention to your experience or what are you feeling while you've paused and not tapped. You know, mm -hmm. many of us might feel some urge to tap or some frustration at seeing this icon that we automatically normally tap on and not being able to tap. Maybe some curiosity about what's waiting for us. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all kinds of feelings and thoughts that may arise and the mindfulness practice is to really dive into those thoughts and feelings, even our bodily sensations, like what is your breath like right mm. now? Has your breath stopped? That's a common experience mm. for us to stop breathing while we're in, enmeshed in the phone. Has your breath gotten uh, more shallow? Is your chest tight? Mm. You know, so the course guides you through in great detail, paying attention in the moment mm. to what your internal experience is while pausing. Yes. Uh, instead of going through the automatic habit loop that we normally do of think of this icon app, see it, tap on it, and then get sucked down the rabbit hole. Yes, absolutely. And the, the hope is that by practicing the pausing over mm -hmm. and over again, when you're in the middle of your hectic day, that pause will kick in mm. when, and help you to actually pause. Because, you know, mindfulness is not an intellectual exercise. We can all know that we need to pause and that it would be a good idea to pause, but to actually develop the ability to do it 
requires practice, mm -hmm. physical and mental practice. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the martial arts and the traditional sitting mindfulness meditation uh, combine in this new course, Tap Into Mindfulness. Yeah, love that. One of my uh, mentors many years ago said as you were, you were retraining or, or training up a habit that you really wanted to strengthen, you've got to get it into your muscle just like if you're going to the gym and just repeat it over and over till it becomes very much part of what you do, you know, kind of in, instinctively because you do that with more intention and with more purpose. So share the link once more, the bit.ly link if yes. you would. Yes, the bit.ly link is bit.ly, which everyone knows is bit.ly slash, slash TFM meditation, all one word, TFM as in technology for mindfulness meditation. And our website generally is technologyformindfulness.com. That's, that's where you can find our blog, our podcast, and uh, which contains lots of interviews with experts on technology and mindfulness. And the blog has all kinds of practical tips Great. about how to be more mindful in your use of technology. Fantastic. And we'll put all of those links on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES256. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Amory. I've really enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.